0: welcome Hi. into empty your queue uh my name is dustin i think they know it's
1: cameron here i feel <laughs> like a, we've, yeah i guess probably in the in the mode of our regular listeners are listening to this so we don't have to
0: introduce ourselves every time yeah 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 i or guess we if just feel
1: like hey it's cameron hey, it's dustin this is you this know, is empty, like, yeah this is the first time they're hearing it scott pilgrim all I right mean, we're 70 episodes in maybe almost 80 almost 80 yeah so Ten year anniversary of Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
0: We're recording it on the day. On so the day, the of. anniversary was uh, so
1: it'll be yesterday.
0: Thursday, August thirteenth was the this. ten year anniversary. Yes.
1: We're running this tomorrow. Of the movie being released of the yeah of the movie. Uh, Edgar Wright's. I believe the comic started in like two thousand four, two thousand six.
0: I think it might have even been a little bit earlier than that. I think it was like two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere around there. Because Edgar Wright got this, got the pitch from the studio the producers at a Shaun of the Dead screening okay they were like hey we got this graphic novel and they were like you want to do it and he was like well we should probably wait till it's finished because only one book is out right now (laughs) and then it kind of became like one of those things that he worked on and worked on and worked on and then it came out 2010 uh, did not fare very well at the box office no but it was critically well-received And what's weird is two thousand
1: five originally published in two thousand five.
0: While it was in the theaters, he um he was saying too. He noticed that it kind of like was immediately a cult movie, even though it was still playing in theaters. Like the the way the audience responded to it. Yeah,
1: but I mean that's I feel like that's derived more so from the fandom of the comics than anything. Um, it was a cult comic book almost Mm -hmm. too. So and it's very niche.
0: Do you want to give a quick rundown on what it is? is.
1: Um, It's basically this uh, man-child is a philanderer and can't stay with one woman until he finds the woman. But then uh, he has to fight through her seven evil exes in order to win her uh, love. But this has all been set up by the seventh evil ex, Gideon. (laughs) <laughs> and it's all very possessive of women and very problematic.
0: So let's jump right into it. <laughs> well, let's yeah. Did you read the comics or what was your introduction to this? I read movie? the comics first.
1: Okay. I read, I was working in a comic book shop at the time of its releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like deep working when uh, the final graphic novel came out. Okay. And that was a very hot seller because um, it was, it was a very like you know it appealed to video game nerds comic book nerds it was super referential in everything it did um especially to video game culture yeah and like classic 16 bit video game culture side scrolling they even made a video game for this that was a 16 bit which apparently there's talks
0: that it might come back
1: yeah because it was originally like shit canned off of xbox marketplace and playstation and everything yeah like it out of just, nowhere it just disappeared uh due to licensing issues i think and things like that um but the book itself is very like it's not very progressive it's very much written by a dude mm-hmm. who seemingly is working out some women and relationship issues through this story <laughs> okay because i've never read the comic yeah, the comic is... I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the most misogynistic thing in the world, but it's really like manic pixie dream girl obsession type shit. Like, it's that, oh, the dream girl of... She's literally a dream girl. Like Yeah, when he first sees her in his dreams. Yeah, yeah, she manifests effectively in his dreams, and she's this, like, cool, doesn't care, one of the guys type chicks that's, like, really, really attractive, but is also down to earth and rollerblades through the time space continuum. And so casual you know, that, that really like usual shit you look for in a girl.
0: The one thing I will say too about them at least cause I still haven't read the comics. I did not know about the comics before the movie came out. Yeah. The reason I saw the movie was because I was an Edgar Wright fanboy. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm in on whatever he's doing. So let's go see this. And, uh, I was very blown away because it was kind of like you just took the the restrictor plate off of Edgar Wright and let him do whatever and i've noticed he i've noticed like watching it over and over again cuz i've seen it a lot now i've watched it back a lot
1: he's the perfect director for this movie cuz like, it's it is his style but it is very much referential to the comic
0: it's like there's certain points that i've seen like side by side comparisons where like it's a direct Yes. Recreation of yeah, the panel. Like he pulls the sword out of his chest. And, and I don't know how shit like that he was able. Because there's like different edits and cutting and things that like you look like it looks like you're watching a panel, like a, a live action comic.
1: Yes. It's what? incredible that I just. I mean the movie Sin City is literally that. Oh no, I know. I so agree. It's like it's been done. It's been done over and over. Like it's not I, I hard agree. through modern CGI. And, I just think
0: it's it's hard editing. To, it's hard to do that without it being like a self-referential <laughs> no, mess. No, it's
1: not. It's you're t- literally taking someone else's art and making it move. Like that's all you're doing. It's not hard to do that. Like that's why it's like comic book movies aren't as you know creative as we think they are because a lot of times they do really like just steal shit from the page and make it move that's all it is like the avengers assemble scene at the event end of avengers endgame i've seen a trillion fucking times because i read avengers comics so that was nothing like it was really cool to see in like real life and movement but it's not this emotional like heart-pounding moment just because it's in a movie like it's like no i've seen this a million times (laughs) i know the avengers are about to fucking assemble like cool (laughs) like all right great like cap said it oh man i'm gonna cry now and i need a i need a video of the audience reaction two years after the fact that's gonna trend and be viral it's like kiss my ass like come on all right grow up so
0: let's Uh, (laughs) let's get into the movie itself a little bit here um Did you, when you first saw it, did you?
1: Hated it. Okay. Yeah, big time hated it. I like it now because I've come to uh, appreciate the Edgar Wright aspect of it. Um, He really lends a lot to it. Yes, he does. But it is a lot of just the style is there. Is what I'm trying to say. I just it's I like don't. It's not. It's not that he created it. It's that the style is definitely there. He just enhances it.
0: He's just. He's the perfect person to use it to where it's not hokey and in the way. It it His, like it flows naturally. Is I think what I'm trying to say. Directing
1: style is similar to the way Scott Pilgrim was written. He's a very yeah. Like it's I imagine very referential. It's very hipster. I imagine
0: that this is a lot of what Edgar Wright's brain
1: actually is like. Yeah, it's sporadic. It just kind of like flies all over the place. It's like it's it's a it's imaginative. It's uh it's it's thinking ahead like the scene in Shaun of the Dead where it's oh we're going to pick up mum or we're going to grab Liz, we're going to grab mom. we're going to go to the pub and he lays out this whole thing and that's not how anything goes. Right. It's this like fantastical perfect scenario. That that's what, you know, uh, Edgar Wright likes to do where you have this fantastical scenario that you play out in front of you and you think it out and you're like, oh, this is how it's going to go. I'm the cool guy. And then he plays into this reality where everything goes horrifyingly awry and the shit hits the fan. And even though they are this cool guy, a baby driver or something like that, it's like nothing is going right everything is backfiring in their face
0: i feel bad for baby driver because it is like <laughs> one of the best movies of the last 10 years but now it has two people that have been canceled
1: it does oh kevin spacey and uh and
0: Ansel elgort
1: wait really what?
0: i saw uh, he was trending as canceled a couple weeks ago how did he get canceled i i think some some shady stuff with women
1: oh okay uh, I. I mean, the name Ansel Elgort really sounds <laughs> shady. But so like
0: Baby Driver, like it's it's
1: like it it sounds like a diehard bad guy.
0: It's it's tough too because Edgar Wright does have Last Night in Soho,
1: which has not,
0: which has not come out, which probably won't now. Well, it's supposed to be his horror movie. Okay. And I thought it was supposed to come out this year, but with the pandemic and everything, it he might be push pushed it. to 2021. Yeah. And that's really just so dis- come out now, like August. Yeah, that's really disappointing to me because I think Edgar Wright making a horror movie is the type of like, there's not a lot of things that would like pique my interest in that way. But like, like being like, okay, Edgar Wright made a horror movie. Yeah, I gotta go see that.
1: Yeah, he's d- did it twice.
0: That's like what
1: he did it. Actually, he did it three times. He did it as a zombie horror movie. I don't a, think Shaun of the Dead's
0: a horror movie.
1: A action horror movie. I don't know. A alien horror movie. Not at all. Yes. I don't think... Out of the Dead is technically a horror movie. It's a fucking zombie film.
0: I'm thinking... I mean straight horror, though, not horror comedy. This not. is a...
1: It's Yeah, The Last Night in Soho isn't a straight horror film. I
0: thought it was supposed to be just a straight no, horror it's, movie. it's a
1: slaps... It's a comedy horror film. From what I've saw from a preview, like the one preview he released, it didn't look like it was like... It's like a dark comedy.
0: It's just a psychological horror film. Okay. Who knows? I'm just saying I'm excited for that. I mean... I got some chuckles out of hereditary, so yeah, you're, you're a weird one. I am. Uh, so let's t- let's talk a minute. Also, too.
1: the preview for Don't. He did direct that.
0: <laughs> he did direct that. That's so one of the best previews in that in all of Grindhouse. That's probably the best thing of Grindhouse. I don't know werewolf women of the SS. No, that's with, so yeah. Know, that Nick Cage as Doctor Fu Manchu. Yes, it's yeah. pretty up Which there is, for me know,
1: too. Low key, kind of. Problematic, you
0: think that was just him hanging out on a Saturday and Rob Zombie was like, Hey, you want to come over? And Wait, he's you like mean Robert Rodriguez, no, because Werewolf Woman of the SS was oh, Rob that Zombie's one, that's directed, directed by, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I'm sure he was like, Hey, Nick, what are you up to? Because Nick-
1: that, oh, no, and that's a screenplay that he has written, but no one will make, isn't it? I think, Werewolf yeah, I think it's Woman a full screenplay, SS? yeah. they'll make 31 but not that god forbid oh oh and like the devil's no no it's yeah
0: yeah, it's another episode back to edgar wright and scott pilgrim so one of the things that is very like a lasting part of scott pilgrim's legacy is the fact that it was like cast with just like a dozen future mega stars
1: yes well at the time so brandon routh had played superman already
0: he, yeah, he was it one was, It's
1: really Allison Bree and uh It's not Allison Bree. Uh, no, sorry, not Allison Bree. Uh, Bree Larson. It was it's basically Bree Larson and
0: Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza uh
1: Kieran Colton Ken- No, Kenno, not Kendrick isn't she working on Pitch Perfect at that time? Or like has been in Pitch Perfect? No no
0: she had not no she was only in twilight and up in the air at that point
1: oh okay so she was only in one of the biggest movies of that time and, as one of the least
0: mentioned characters in the either series. way
1: she was still in twilight and she was on a oscar nominated film with george clooney so yeah no she's just she's really like i'm just saying this was she's unknown then you have chris evans Evans had played uh, in both Fantastic Four movies. And he was in The Losers. And he was in The Losers.
0: You have Jason Schwartzman.
1: Who had been in every single Wes Anderson film up until then.
0: Brandon Routh, Aubrey Plaza, Allison Pill, Brie Larson, Anna Kendrick, Chris Evans, Kieran Culkin, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Michael Sarah.
1: But the two that are, what I'm saying is that the two that really blew up afterwards are Winstead and Larson. yeah. The others had like established careers,
0: but I I just think they've all gone on to bigger stardom than what you would have expected for any. I don't of them. think
1: Brandon Roth has.
0: <laughs> That's fair, but he's like a, principal he's on, cast. he's
1: on Legends of Tomorrow, a CW DC show.
0: All right, <laughs> what, what, yeah.
1: <laughs> and what has Michael Sarah done in the last like five years?
0: I think the Lego Batman movie, Um, he had the unbelievable cameo, and this is the end.
1: Okay, but what starring vehicles like this has Michael Sarah done?
0: I don't think anything except the Arrested Development reboot for Netflix. Yeah,
1: he kind of dropped out of the. Alison Pill, she's another one that actually you could put in the category of like, is now a little more famous
0: yeah she had the goon movies she was in hail caesar with the, which the uh conan brothers did yeah she played mary cheney in vice yeah she's on a uh, picard she was in um one of the last seasons of american horror story she just did that show devs which i have not watched yet but i've heard good things either. about
1: yeah that seemed like a little too much it did it did seem like a little bit prestige fx is hit or miss
0: So i'm just saying that like to look back at this castle list now and to see all of oh, these people assembled in one movie is yeah you would be like why didn't this movie make a billion dollars
1: because none of these
0: were box office smash names exactly so it's like edgar wright had the forethought to be like let's get all these really good actors and actresses in my movie but it was just a f- unfortunate that it was like a year too soon on most of them
1: yeah, well, Brie Larson, he's like five or six years too soon. Because what is Room, 2015, 2016? I
0: think 2016 or 17 she yeah. went. Yeah,
1: and that's where she really like breaks out. She wins a fucking Oscar. Yeah, she wins uh, an Oscar
0: and then goes to
1: Captain Marvel. To Captain Marvel. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I thought
0: she was going to be like the biggest star in the world after this movie.
1: Yeah, but then she kind of like took a... She kind of backed out. She
0: stayed que- like like stream, scream queen for a bit too. Yeah. Um, she had a good day to die hard. Abraham Lincoln She is his daughter. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah,
1: oh my god, that movie! I don't know how you fucked that movie up so bad.
0: Uh, she was in Swiss Army Man, which I don't know if you saw, but was very good. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I definitely saw that. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I, think I was the one who told you to see that.
0: Didn't see Gemini Man. Didn't I'm not sorry anyway. I didn't see it,
1: but I guess she was. She's in it. the best part of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, easily. Like, she's the only person in there actually acting. And then she was one of my favorite parts of Birds of Prey. Yes, mine as well, too. So a lot k- of people hated it, though. Like, a, a lot of people did not like that version of Huntress. Which is odd. A lot of people did not like that version of the movie.
0: I was going to say, a lot of people were like, upset that that was the movie. A lot of
1: people did not like Harley Quinn. I loved it. I, I had did, too. a lot too. of fun. I thought it was good. But And I think it's like probably one of three good DC movies.
0: Yeah, I'm about there with you. And I'm
1: a big time DC fanboy. Like
0: you're you're just comic fanboy.
1: No, but I I am I am more DC than anything. Like, okay. It is very. I do enjoy Marvel, mm-hmm. but if I had gotten something like the Marvel universe for DC, that would have given me that Justice League assemble type scenario where the Marvel where Avengers assemble that's when i would have gotten a little more emotional you would have wept about those type of things but since the justice league movie was a giant piece of trash uh um, well you
0: can't say that now because now we're going to get the okay. cut
1: so do we want to talk about that or no. do you want to get me going on that because no. i get going on that this is I'll a scott pilgrim do. podcast yeah exactly we'll, yeah so i'm just saying we'll get back so but it is very impressive about the cast and who he has on here but what i'm saying is that these were honestly more cast offs in a way, with some of them, like Brandon Routh, than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Routh was I, ostracized because of Superman. From Seemingly,
0: yeah, it seemed like it.
1: And Kieran Culkin, who cares? Well, now he's like, on
0: Succession. He's exactly, got the, at yeah. the
1: time, it was like, who's like...
0: One of the Culkins.
1: Yeah, oh, is this one addicted to drugs, too? Like, that's what it was. <laughs> and it's funny because... At that period of time. He's
0: one of my favorite parts of the whole movie.
1: Yes, he is, but the- it is also... It feels like an offensive idea of a gay dude. Like, it just feels like kind of an overplayed stereotype of a gay man. I wouldn't
0: say stereotypes. I don't think he stereotypes a whole lot. I think it's
1: like, no, he's not flamboyantly stereotypical, but the things he says and things like that are like what a straight dude thinks a stereotypical gay dude would be like or say. Like,
0: non flamboyant category. Right. Okay. (laughs) yeah um what else so i guess to one another thing that kind of in the, in the book it, it's
1: even worse i was played. i can imagine yeah yeah uh
0: but no something i was gonna say that that helps this movie stand out to me is like even the first time i saw it was just how much of a dickhead scott is because like he's not a very likable main character really until like it's the, the same thing in the book the it's end not, of the movie yeah like is like you're like oh okay you're essentially just watching this man child be forced to grow up who's
1: sleeping with a high schooler
0: that's what yeah so when it starts chow is in high school when it starts he's sleeping with a high schooler yeah and and, he's like 24 and then he's like i keep her around to basically tell me how cool i am and so yeah. i can feel better because brie larson dumped me yeah and i don't know how to process that but emotion. even brie
1: larson i think is supposed to be she's not she's like 18 19
0: like, I don't know how like old he's she's... older
1: than her too, probably. Like he's just a sleaze ball who's just uh, Matt, yeah. around younger girls who think he's cool, and then she becomes cool. The Larson character becomes cooler than him because she's in a better band, effectively. Mm-hmm. And knives Chow obsesses over him just because he's in a band, in a band, and he just
0: seems so cool. He's so like so yeah. hip. So yeah. yeah, and I like that because that's like normally in and a movie
1: like this dating knives Chow, but when his, he meets Ramona, and in the book he's like. Playing them both for a little bit. In the movie, he does that for like a minute or so. Right. But And Knives Chow is like the super obsessed maniac in the book, as she is in this, but it's not not as extreme.
0: Yeah, I think Ellen Wong as Knives in here is like one of the best performances of the whole movie. Yeah. And I'm surprised she hasn't popped up in more stuff, but more so than that, she's like the one of the most sympathetic characters in the whole movie, too. Like, the scene where they're talking to Brie Larson's band and they realize that Brandon Routh, the bass player, is, like, the third boyfriend, the third evil ex, and he slaps the hair dye out of Knives' hair because, like, she gets, like, too close or insults him or annoys him or something. Yeah. Like, that's genuinely, like, a moment the first time I saw it, I remember the people in the theater. It wasn't a packed theater, but the people in the theater, like, gasped. Mm. And then, like, when I'd watch it with friends that hadn't seen it before, like, that was always a moment where they were like, oh my got like yeah you just feel so bad for this character that would just gets walked on through the entire she's, thing she's the only nice one and she's it's just a, a doormat doormat yeah. yeah uh
1: yeah i never i never liked that about the character because it's kind of an unnecessary character it doesn't really provide anything
0: which is even worse throughout. too because like the end of the movie is they team up together and her, him and knives and they kind of like save the day mm-hmm. and then she's like all right see ya yeah (laughs) like i'm cooler than you anyways go be with your manic pixie dream girl
1: borderline physically abusing me this whole time
0: i'm glad that you finally come to terms with yourself and like that was something too i think it was an interview that edgar wright did where he was talking about kind of like not being outright with how much scott pilgrim like the character is supposed to be a dick but he was like the nega scott is just like a cool chill guy and like that's the whole joke of it is like th- the opposite of what scott pilgrim is is just like a cool nice understanding honest man yeah
1: yeah and that that is that i believe is straight from the comic too
0: which yeah that is is a really clever device um
1: he's just I, not an asshole like nega scott is the good one exactly it's really. like
0: like that uh that simpsons treehouse with hugo the twin yes yeah where it's like the evil twins bart yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, exactly yeah it's one of those situations and then I guess to to circle it back to the acting again too so there's the seven evil exes who stands out the most to you as far as like the evil exes Brandon Routh the vegan (laughs) the vegan yeah yeah
1: the the vegan scene is is probably my favorite scene in the movie
0: the vegan police is one of the funniest things of the entire movie is thomas jane with those
1: sunglasses that shit's funny in the comic too you had had chicken parmesan
0: it's milk and eggs bitch (laughs) 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 yeah
1: uh but see i I got it.
0: Veal was it veal
1: parmesan i think it's like veal parmesan and he's like you partook
0: in a plate of veal parmesan yeah Yeah. something
1: like that yeah and he's like it was just once
0: yeah wait Uh, there's that's not vegan like
1: (laughs) yeah it's like no that's
0: an animal and then um (sighs) i was gonna say my favorite i think is chris evans oh okay as uh lucas lee yeah because he's absolutely like they're like hey chris you're gonna be in this movie for like 15 minutes just go do whatever you want
1: just be a dickhead actor
0: and like oh he, okay <laughs> he, that fight scene too that's not even like it's so cool how they have i guess it's, i they're all his stunt actual stuntmen right yeah i read that they were all his actual stunt doubles and like the way it's shot where like scott's like grabbing i'm like i'm not done with you and it's like oh nope it's a double up oh, yeah. nope it's a double yeah and then he just essentially defeats him by like playing into his ego and like his own hubris he defeats says he him. can't
1: grind this like thousand stair rail yeah the rail goes on forever he's like you do
0: a grindy thing on that rail and he's like rails trash my board's not here that it's all naughty and knobbed. look at that i'm not doing that yeah well if you can't that's another thing and he's like oh grab the board get the ladies let's go and then he ends up just wiping out at the end of it and dying that was something else that i really enjoyed he convinces him to kill himself i i just i wanted more reaction from other characters when the villains burst into coins
1: Oh, yeah. Because,
0: like, if you and me got into a fight with some random person, and then they exploded into a bunch of change.
1: Well, so that stuff is technically in Scott's head.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: It's not. He's the only one seeing that stuff. Okay. And in the book, it's very much like that, too. Is He's seeing the world as, like, a video game. Oh, he's gotcha. He's collecting okay. one-up lives. He's, his coins are coming out. He's, you know... Uh, there's a life meter shit like that like it's, it's very referential to the like 32 bit and 60 i might have days. to read those then geez they're long Maybe, yeah it's, <laughs> that's what i've always heard they're six and they're pretty thick even though they look small they're like mangas they're like it's dense to the page right manga manga whatever
0: I'm and sorry. then um of course jason schwartzman too as gideon, gideon graves yeah absolutely wonderful i think he was part of the reason i wanted to see it in the first place too what's her name may whitman meg whitman she yeah may whitman's very she's, good too. she's pretty
1: fucking funny for as like a lesbian that's lover. the thing
0: like for all these evil exes except for like even gideon they don't have a lot of screen time but they
1: do but every one
0: show. of them is so memorable in their own yeah. way like matthew patel i'll never forget the audience when he starts singing and it goes all bollywood yeah I remember some of the people in the audience were like, okay, I'm av-. like, people got up and walked out really at that. And I was like, well, this has only been on for like 20 oh, minutes. That's like, probably that would-
1: just pure unadulterated racism there. So.
0: <laughs> right. Like I didn't come for Bollywood. I didn't come
1: for no Indian stuff. This native American or whatever it and is then like, wait, what <laughs> the,
0: the last thing I want to talk about too is the soundtrack because I think the soundtrack for this movie is incredible
1: is it yeah Uh, so is it it's is it mainly their music or is there
0: so there's a lot of like indie bands and canadian indie bands because they did film it up in the toronto and vancouver areas yeah but uh specifically all the sex babam stuff which is the band that scott pilgrim is in and plays bass for um was all written by beck but oh, I heard
1: Sex bob and we're all here for depression yeah, and sadness. And so.
0: Garbage Truck and the Ramona. Like there's, yeah. So I heard a story that Edgar Wright told where they approached Beck and asked if he would be willing to do it. And they kind of sent him... Edgar Wright sent him, like, here's a description of what we need and here's what we're thinking. Here's the characters. Here's this. Here's the comic book we're using. Here's panels and stuff. And Beck was like, okay. And two days later... Edgar Wright said a package showed up to his door that was a fully demoed album, essentially, that was the Sex bomb album that Beck and this other dude that he works with cranked out in two, two days. days. And a lot of it was like first take, one take, garage rock. And he said they used almost all of it exactly as it appeared on that first thing he sent them. Okay. And like I just think that's that makes so sense. cool. Because I wouldn't think garage rock when I think Beck, because of what he is now more. But like that okay, is yeah. that yeah. is Those a good say like Odalay
1: and exact, Yellow and, Gold. Yeah, and Wero and, and, uh, and all that. Like uh, not even Wero. I I, like early '90s Beck is very crungy Yeah, and, and like garagey.
0: And I heard someone say that they might do a, a like a repressing of the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh. Okay. And my hipster, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll get that. I'll yeah. try to get that. Later. I just
1: I, the whole vinyl thing. I'm like, it's cool, but I don't. I don't know. I, I'm i trying to hear this. It sounds better on vinyl thing, but whenever I put my headphones into my my vinyl player and I put my headphones into my phone, the phone music sounds more clear and a lot better. So I don't know what I'm missing here. Did you
0: really call it your vinyl player?
1: Uh, My record player.
0: Okay. <laughs> Whatever. So I guess I, last question I'll ask you on this movie. So we've talked about how good the directing is. We've talked about how good the effects and the acting are. You talked did. about the soundtrack. I poo pooed it. Why don't you think this movie was a bigger hit?
1: Uh, because as I said, it's for a very niche audience. Like it is, it is for a very specific person. It is for a very specific age group as well. Too. Do you think this if- is a movie made for fifteen to twenty eight? Like that is it? It's not. These aren't the emotions you deal with. When you're in your late twenties, early thirties, yeah, it's a lot of high school. You've really moved on from like, "What girl is the girl of my dreams?" and all this. Like you, you've hopefully moved on. You've pretty much kind of the girl of my dreams. You've realized is a stupid concept because like you're just creating some false fantasy, uh, not only about women, but like what you want. Again, hopefully like, you've you've realized you're all taking this. away like I don't know sentient beingness from from these women when you're like oh they have to be this way um i don't know that's that stuff's kind of a bother to me and i got you when the movie is just that and it's not really like a high school party movie or anything like that it wasn't advertised that way i think that's why i just it's it's a very specific thing for a very specific group of people
0: yeah, I could agree with that. Um, but if you're someone that hasn't seen it in a while or might have missed it, it's on Netflix right now. Would you recommend?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want like a fun little quirky movie that doesn't require you to think at all. It's is- just visually
0: stunning. It's You yeah. get you get like sensory overload basically for two hours. Yeah. Bill Hader's video- the narrator.
1: If you love video games like like old school video games, it's got a lot of those elements that are fun to it.
0: Yeah, specifically like older school video games too, with like the extra lives no, haters, and tokens. The
1: narrator, which narrates like maybe a total of twenty seconds
0: of the movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's the first and last <laughs> scenes. Yeah, it's just funny because it's like, of course, it would be, hit, you know, that's more what I mean with that. Yeah, is like, of course, it's just like all these little things that you can like look out for. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Can't recommend it enough. I own the Blu-ray because I was like this is going to look incredible in like the HD of a Blu-ray. Yeah. And it does the thing. when that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, all right, we'll I'll have to buy a new TV, get a four K stream this out. in four K. Exactly. And <laughs> then it'll either. look even crazier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any, any parting Scott Pilgrim thoughts? No, not really. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at heiferbrew. I and think
1: this is Edgar Wright's weakest movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's got five total. Which is this, Baby Driver, and the three Cornetto Trilogy. Mm -hmm. Which the Cornetto Trilogy is Shaun of the Dead. It's like literally the way they were released is the one, two, three. And then probably Baby Driver. And then this.
0: See, I would put this ahead of World's End. Even though when I watched World's End a second time, I was like, this is like sneakily one of his best movies.
1: Yeah, I would not put Scott Pilgrim ahead of World's End. I just
0: think that... He's one of those directors right now that's like I'll see whatever he does. Yeah, he's one of the more original and creative directors working. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I, it's like it's a pretty short list of like really like must see directors for me right now. I would say probably him one or two as far as like my favorite directors: Christopher Nolan, uh, Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, and then I don't know who the fifth would be. Uh, maybe oh I know who the fifth would be it would be uh, Denis Villeneuve.
1: Oh, okay. It's you're, probably You're getting geared up for Dune. I have yeah. could care
0: less about Dune, but I'll see it. <laughs> like I'll go see it. I
1: don't care. <laughs> he also did Blade Runner twenty forty nine, right? He did. Yeah, and he did really
0: Prisoners good. and Enemy Arrival. The first Sicario.
1: Oh, he did Arrival and Sicario? Yeah. Okay. He's a wonderful director. Sicar Sicario is incredible. Yes. Like Sicario is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is.
0: It's an incredible movie. We'll I'm sure we'll do that at yeah. some point too.
1: Like that fucking movie just goes and does not relent ever. Sicario two is a big piece of trash though, so
0: (laughs) it's more straight action movie than anything else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's barely even that. Um, So yeah, the without that's that would be my parting thoughts is that I do think this is Edgar Wright's weakest movie of his movies,
0: while still being a very good movie. Yes, like that's the thing. Yeah, it's hard when it's like every movie's at least a B, B plus. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so check it out. Uh check us out. Twitter and Instagram at Heffer a brew. Movie mail ba- the movie mailbag at gmail.com. Um and that's that's it. All
1: Heffer brew everything. Twitch.tv backslash hafferbrew.
0: Hefebrew.com. We just yep. like to say it as many times as we can in these yeah. in these podcasts. So
1: like, listen, follow, tell your friends everything of like that. And thank you guys so much for listening to this one.
0: Thank you. Let's uh have a good weekend. Woo.